Hey, it's Scott Rank. Welcome to another edition of the Food and Beverage Podcast. We're joined today with Ian Esplin. Ian is CEO of Esplin Organic Solutions, a biotechnology company specializing in organic treatments for agricultural diseases. Ian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. I want to hear your story and what you're up to. But to start things off, can you explain to those who don't know about organic treatments for agricultural diseases, what makes them different from standard treatments? Yes, yeah, so uh, there's a, a number of differences. For us, the biggest difference is that we're not, our, our treatment is not an antibiotic. There's a lot of treatments for the past uh, number of decades that have been using antibiotics to prevent and to treat bacterial diseases. But ours doesn't use uh, antibiotics. Um, so that, that's the biggest difference with ours. Okay. And I want to hear more about this, but let's start off with you. So as the founder and CEO of Esplin Organics, how did you end up here? Yeah, great, great question. Sometimes I wonder the same thing myself. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I did my undergrad in accounting and realized I was a horrible accountant. So I jumped over to the life sciences and started a graduate degree in microbiology and started working with these antibiotic alternative treatments and became fascinated by them and, and thought it was a fantastic opportunity for business. And it, frankly, just as cheesy as it sounds, make the world a better place. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, we've run with it and, and things have been going really well and we're, we're excited. We're working towards uh, getting these pro products on the market. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things happening in biotech and it's divided up into a lot of different categories. What are some of the major developments that you're seeing in the industry right now? Yeah, th there's a big movement towards organic. So in, in our industry with beekeepers that we're, that we're focusing on, beekeepers can make a big premium on their honey, uh, sometimes up to 50%. So those 50% those markups for people in agriculture is a really big deal. And, and uh, that that market for the organic uh, agriculture is growing like crazy every every single year it's growing double digits hmm. and also can you help me understand a bit you mentioned at the top of the interview that one important factor with organics is that they don't use antibiotics mm -hmm. what does that mean as an expert in this field what are the implications of that of not using antibiotics yeah there, there's a lot, there, there's a lot. So when we use antibiotics, the first problem that it causes is that, that it gets into the environment. Uh, so if a farmer is spraying their fields with antibiotics, it gets into their fields. And, and as a result, when they spray the next time, their, their spray is generally less effective because their crops, their, there's an antibiotic resistance that gets developed. Um, Another problem is that that the antibiotics that are sprayed get onto the food products, and we as humans intake that, and so we will also develop uh, antibiotic resistance to those. And so when we go to the doctor and we we're sick and we have a bacterial infection and we take an antibiotic, it might not work or it'll be less effective. So those are those are some of the big issues there. Well, I can imagine that finding organic solutions for disease as it relates to agriculture is not the path of least resistance. 
So could yeah. you tell me about the challenges with that and what are ways that you've been working to overcome those challenges? Sure. Yeah. So antibiotics, they were discovered in the early 1900s. And you're right. Antibiotics have been the gold standard for, for treating bacterial infections. And, and I, I think we're always going to need them and we're going to need to rely on them because they are so effective. Uh, but the, as we've seen in the past decade or so, that they're not enough. So I believe that some of the more the biologicals, the alternatives to antibiotics are really, are really uh, promising in that they, they might not be the magic bullet that antibiotics are, but they protect us from these antibiotic resistance issues. Um, and like I said, biologicals, they're, they're not always the magic bullet, uh, but in certain applications, they work really, really well. And in some, they can even work better than antibiotics. So it's, it's, a, it's a matter of finding the right application, uh, the right species, the right disease uh, to, to use them. What are some of the challenges that you've been facing day to day? Uh, so um, that's, that's a good question. So, so our, our treatment, we use uh, what are called bacteriophages. And so they are viruses, not, not like the Ebola virus or the flu virus that, that infects humans, but these are viruses that only infect bacteria. And, and they're naturally occurring. And so as, as naturally occurring biological entities, they're, they're sometimes have a mind of their own and uh, they're, they're not always, they don't always act exactly the way you want them to. So it, it takes a lot of study and a lot of research to understand what the, these biological entities are doing and to harness them so they do exactly what you want them to do. Hmm. Now, I'm not an expert on the uh, microbiology by any means, but I know about buzzwords. One of those is CRISPR. And for you working from the organic angle of microbiology, do you see that as helpful or harmful as you're working uh, to try to have a more positive organic influence on agricultural diseases? Yeah, I think the potentials with CRISPR are enormous. One of, one of the issues that we run into with CRISPR, though, is because when you use CRISPR, generally, it would be considered that you are modifying the, the uh, you're, you're genetically modifying the organism, and so that can raise a lot of red flags in the with people right now because of the big push against GMO. So while we as a company we're not focused on, on using CRISPR at this time, I think that it has a lot of potential, um, especially if people stop uh, being afraid of, of the GMO. Uh, issue. So, hmm. what are innovations that you're trying to work on now uh, with organic treatments? You mentioned uh, using bacteriophages, and are there other avenues that you're looking to explore with organic treatments? Yeah, yeah, we are. So, not only using bacteriophages, but also using other uh, strains of bacteria that don't cause disease that act can act as competitors to. The, the bacteria that cause diseases. Uh, so another product that we've been developing is for apple and pear trees. There's a disease called uh, fire blight. That's a big problem, especially with organic apple and pear tree growers. 
And in our product, we're, we're planning on having bacteriophages, but also using a bacteria that outcompetes the, the bacteria called Erwinia that causes fire blight. So it, we have sort of two competitors there where we have phages, bacteriophages, which are the viruses, and then a bacteria that, that fights, that, that's a natural uh, enemy of disease-causing bacteria. For you as CEO, was there anything about fire blight that made you decide to work on that specific problem? You thought, I want to solve that issue because of this reason. Was there anything that jumped out to you? Yeah. So, yeah, for, for both of the products. Uh, so for, I'll speak maybe to the uh, American Falbury with the, the disease for the honeybees. Uh, I am a hobbyist beekeeper. I've been one before I, I got involved with this project. And, and as I've come to know the, the industry and the people working it in it, I've come to recognize that this is a group that's, for the most part, ignored and even sort of abused in the industry because they're not, they're not a large, powerful voice in, in U.S. agriculture. Um, and, and this is a disease that's been largely ignored, and, but, but it's a global disease, and it, and it threatens our, our, our livelihoods, the way that we eat and, and uh, so many crops are dependent upon it. So that was, that was interesting to me as far as the bee product and also for the, for the tree product that I saw that these uh, the, um, growers were really, they're, they're pretty desperate for some sort of alternative to antibiotics. Yeah, that's great. With uh, groups that are maybe not as well represented like the big agricultural groups can be, you can see that they have a need as well, but maybe they're not being served the way that yeah. they could by other groups. Exactly. Hmm. What are other challenges that you face day to day in your work trying to implement organic treatments? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'd say because we are developing fairly cutting edge treatments that haven't been gone that haven't been approved by any of the regulatory agencies that we're having to work work with the FDA and the USDA to basically write the rule book on these new types of antibiotic alternative treatments and that that can be a challenge <laughs> uh, um, I, I think that there's a lot of excitement actually from these agencies but but we're together we're having to learn what, how these should be regulated and and it, it, well, it's a challenge. It's also really exciting to be at the forefront and, and hopefully moving moving this forward. Yeah, tell me about that. What are the advantages and disadvantages in being in this frontier that isn't really mapped out? Yeah, it's it, you kind of you take it day by day. It's sometimes you feel like you're you're making it up as you go a little bit, but um, you uh, like I said, there, there's a lot of excitement from within the industries, so with, from beekeepers, from, from apple and pear tree growers, um, from, from the FDA and from beekeepers. So there's a lot of excitement for these alternatives. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's hard because you want, you'd want these things to get approved very quickly and you want to be selling the product yesterday. But um, so that, that's, the, that's one of the biggest challenges is, is being patient. But, um, but like I said, there's a lot of excitement and, and uh, people are really optimistic about things, which, which makes it worth it. Because you're working with organic process, uh, products and processes, 
does that make it any easier with the FDA than if you were designing something chemically or from the ground up synthetically? Yeah, yeah. In in some regards, yes. Yeah, and in other regards, no. But yeah, that they do these these agencies do look at uh, these natural products and recognize that we are just taking something that occurs naturally. We're concentrating it and we're we're harnessing it to treat these diseases. So yes, they they recognize that, but they also recognize uh, some of the difficulties that can arise when working with natural, naturally occurring. Uh, biological uh, tools. So, so kind of, kind of both. You mentioned earlier that farmers are very interested in what you have because they're looking toward an antibiotic alternative. Are there any other groups where you've seen a lot of excitement and interest about what you've been researching? Uh, you know, um, I think I, that that's a good question. I've been focused primarily on these two industries, um, but I, I I know that also with human therapeutics, there's a lot of excitement about alternatives there. I haven't been a part of that group, but there are some FDA clinical trials that are going on right now that are specifically uh, specifically for the bacteriophage therapies, and uh, because in the United States there has never been a bacteriophage therapy that's been approved by the FDA, so that's that's currently going on, and there's a lot of excitement about that, and it could really I think revolutionize and and uh, our, our uh, human human therapeutics. If we can we can have alternatives to antibiotics for humans, that would be fantastic. Definitely, a lot of things on the horizon. Where do you yeah. see the industry as a whole going in the next few years? Yeah, so we're 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 kind of an interesting company because we straddle uh, both we're uh, pharmaceuticals and and also into the agriculture and, and biotechnology spaces. And so I see with pharmaceuticals that treatments are going towards uh, more niche uh, uh, products. So instead of trying to treat the entire population that had um, with, with, one, with one major drug, there's a lot of a push towards very uh, more particular medications. And you see that in a lot of uh, different human therapeutics that are, are coming out now. And there's not really any more blockbuster phar pharmaceuticals that we can see that are, that are coming up. And, and, and that relates a lot to um, our veterinary medicines too. We, I, we see a, a similar thing with that. And then as far as biotechnology, uh, it just seems like every week I, I pick up my uh, science or cell magazine and there's just a, a breaking, a totally a groundbreaking uh, a breakthrough that that is just it changes the industry. It seems like every week, and so innovation is just it's it's coming at a pace that it's it's hard to even digest at times. So a lot a lot of innovation in biotechnology, and which is really exciting. So. Well, in this really rapidly changing landscape, is there anything that you can think of in the near term future if your company were able to accomplish one thing? that you would feel like, okay, we've really made our mark. We've been able to succeed. Is there anything like that that sticks out in your mind? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. I, I think I would be happy if we were able to set a precedent and to open up 
people's minds, whether it's at the regulatory agencies or in, in industries or, or just everyday people that might not have any day-to-day -day involvement in agriculture, to change the mindset and to help people understand the power of biotechnology, the power of the, the new innovations that are coming out that can really make the world a better place and can, uh, <clears throat> can, can benefit us all. And, and to be a, even just a small part of that, I, I think would be very fulfilling to me and, and I think our company's goals. Well, Ian, thank you for sharing all of this with us. If people are interested in what you're up to and what your company is up to, where's the best place to find you online? Yeah, uh, so the best place is at our website, which is uh, com. Great, really appreciate that. Uh, Ian, thanks for joining us today. And I'm Scott Rank. Thank you for joining us on the Food and Beverage Podcast.